So just once again, I'll just, in case you didn't hear me at the beginning, I, uh, I'm Father Peter. Uh, I've been working as a priest in Hong Kong, China, in the Diocese of Hong Kong, uh, pretty much my whole life as a priest for six years. Uh, I actually am originally from Michigan. That's where I was born, up in Michigan. And then I uh, went, then I moved down to this area, uh, worked for Disney for a few years, and then decided to enter the seminary, uh, did the seminary studies in Chicago. And then I was ordained in New York and then was sent over to Hong Kong for my mission. Uh, Last week, if you were here when I celebrated uh, one of the masses, uh, I think it was uh, the, the Saturday, Saturday night and then uh, one of the Sunday masses, uh, I shared one of my mission stories of working as a Catholic missionary priest overseas, and I talked about my time in the country of North Korea, where I got to go twice, working as a... Um, undercover, you could say, uh, missionary, and all the experiences and all the dangers and all the things that were involved with that. Uh, but today I'll tell, I won't bore you, but I'll tell another brief story of a time, an experience I had on mission, and this was before I went over to China when I was doing my seminary studies. I had a chance to spend three months in East Africa, uh, mostly in Kenya and in parts of Tanzania. Uh, you know, I can say that the church in Africa is, from a material sense, from an economic sense, very, very poor, right? I mean, churches are, at least in the areas where I were, just tiny buildings with no electricity, no water, nothing like that. Uh, there's a lot of poverty in these places, but spiritually, very, very, very rich. Uh, people super, super happy, super full of the, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's not uncommon for a Sunday Mass to go four hours, five hours, six hours sometimes. Uh, even just the, the, the part of the presentation of the gifts, that part during Mass is an hour by itself. Everybody dances and they come to the front, they go to the back, they dance again and come back. It, it, it can go really, really long. So, Long, uh, difficult, but very, very beautiful, very, very spiritual. One experience I had, well, sort of one of the most, the most memorable experience I had in Africa was not necessarily a positive experience, at least at the time, but I can look back on it now and see the glory that was there, which was uh, when I was nearing toward the end of my visit, uh, I was in a city in Kenya called Kisumu, which if you know your Kenyan geography, it's, it's right on Lake Victoria, but it's far on the east side, so it's hard to get there. It requires uh, a couple plane rides and a few six-hour bus rides, and it's a long way, way in the middle of nowhere, where I was too. I mean, there's no, I mean, of course, no air conditioning, of course, I mean, there's no electricity, so of course there's no air conditioning, no water, no nothing, and very, very hot. And I just remember thinking while I was there, what am I, what am I doing here? You know, this is, this is hard. Now, of course, I'm here to, as at that time I was a seminary, and to assist the church and to help the people and be around and all of this. Uh, but after, I think it was like the second week or third week of being there in this place with no electricity, no water, nothing, I started to get really, really sick, like, like very sick, like not, something's not right sick, right? Now, I had taken all of my I had all of my shots, I had all of my, you know, medications, I had taken everything that I was supposed to do. I had my mosquito netting and everything. Uh, 
but I got really, really sick. And so the, the main culprit in that area is malaria. And it turns out that's what it was. I had malaria. Um, despite taking the, the, the pills, you know, the pills they say are 99% effective. And so I asked the doctor back home in the States, how in the world did I catch malaria? He said, well, it's 99%. You were the 1% who got it. So things happen. Uh, but I just remember, I mean, one thing malaria does, if, if you've ever had it or you know somebody who's had it, you, you can relate. But not just the fever. I mean, I'm talking I had, you know, 106.7 degree fever. I mean, it's high fever. And also what this malaria does to you is it messes with your mind, too. And I just remember I was absolutely convinced, positive, that I was going to die. I mean, this was it. This was the end. I remember thinking in my mind, okay, this is how the story ends. Uh, this, is, this is how my life ends. And I remember one of the days there that, I remember the village had a generator to generate electricity. And they would only use it once a week. And they had a small sort of black and white television. It sounds so, you know, so, so foreign, but this is reality. And the only time they would use the generator was on Wednesday night to watch, they would all gather around the TV, and it was to watch their version of American Idol, Kenyan Idol. They would watch Kenyan Idol. Like that was the big village event, was to watch Kenyan Idol. And I remember sitting there watching Kenyan Idol on this TV with 106 degree fever, not understanding a word of it. Everybody's speaking Swahili, I don't speak Swahili. And thinking, you know, okay, this is, this is not how I expected my life to end, but this is the end, this is it. So what I tried to do during that time was through the suffering, through the pain, was to unite myself with Christ, to do what Christ exactly said today. And today's, this, this gospel really, really came to mind about taking up your cross and following Christ. I said, okay, well, this, this is my cross. I mean, this is, this is it. Thinking of a lot of the saints who also endured not even nearly comparable to what I endured, even worse, degrees and degrees worse of the sickness that I endured, also gave me sort of strength. And, and, and praise God, I was able to get out of Africa, come back to the States, and eventually, obviously, got better. Uh, but thinking about suffering, you know, each one of us has gone through some form of pain, some, some form of suffering, maybe even right now, you're going through some kind of sickness, right? Or if not you yourself, certainly somebody you know is going through some kind of hardship. If it's not physical, it could be mental, it could be emotional, it could be economic, right? Everybody in some sense is fighting their own battle is going through their own situation, is being called upon to bear your own cross. And I think what's helpful to remember, hopefully, is to keep in mind the stories of those who have gone before us who have been able to bear their cross, but do it in a way that's joyful, do it in a way that, as Christ teaches us, is actually life-giving, not life-destroying. One of my probably my, the, my number one favorite saint of all the saints is the little flower, St. Teresa of Lisieux. You know, have you heard of her? Yes, of course, right? Sure. St. Teresa is, well, she's one of the patron saint of missionaries, so that's why I especially like her. But also I like her because of the way she was able to endure suffering and bear her cross. And it really provides a wonderful example, I think, for all of us on how to deal with pain and suffering. There is a... a, a series of videos on YouTube, I think it's just called Therese, 
just about her life. And it's like a series of like small vignettes of things that happened in her life coming from her autobiography. And there's one scene in there that's really, really cute. You know, St. Teresa was the little flower. She was really, really young when she entered the convent. First of all, I think, I think she's awesome because she's, when she was, what, 13 years old, 14 years old, she really, 13 years old, she really wanted to become a sister. And the person in charge of the convent said, no, you're too young. So then she went to the bishop and said, Bishop, I want to get into the convent. The bishop said, no, you're too young. So then she did something awesome. She said, well, forget it. I'm just going to go to the pope. I'm going to ask the pope. So she went to the pope and said, Pope, can I join the convent? And the pope said, well, go back and ask your bishop. Do what your bishop tells you. She went back and the bishop allowed her to enter the convent and she ended up getting in. So persistence, dedication, right, is really shown in her life. But the scene that I really think is relevant for us today in terms of enduring suffering was the scene when she got really, really sick, again, very young. She came down not with malaria, but with uh, tuberculosis, TB. And that's what she ended up dying from. Again, she lived in a place with very, very hot in a convent in France, uh, no air conditioning, suffering a lot. And there's a, a, a story of where one of the sisters, one of her sisters, gave her a small fan, like a Chinese-style fan, to use to keep herself cool, so at least the fever wouldn't overcome her. But instead of using the fan on herself to keep herself cool, she had a little crucifix next to her, and she would keep Jesus cool with the, with the little fan. It's so cute, I mean, so adorable, and it's so typical, I think, of the joy that one can experience despite the pain and the suffering, keeping Christ at the center of everything, right? And of course, Therese is not the only saint who we can look to. I mean, there's our, our church's history is so rich, full of saints who in similar ways have endured terrible, terrible suffering, but have bared that cross still with peace and still with comfort in their heart. You know, I think uh, uh, St. Maria Goretti comes to mind, who's one. There's another saint, St. Maximilian Kolbe. Have you, heard of, have you heard of him? He's also a really, really good one. St. Maximilian was the saint who was interned in the concentration camps in Germany, along with the Jews, but uh, refused to leave. He, he demanded to stay with the Jews and minister to them, and was eventually killed in the concentration camps. The suffering and the torture he endured is... I can't compare it to anything I've ever endured, certainly, but gives us an example of the will and the dedication that we have in order to bear our crosses and to do it with joy and to do it with faith. So when Jesus tells us today to pick up your cross and follow me, I think we can remember a couple things that might be helpful to us. I think number one is to remember that none of us is called upon to bear our cross by ourselves. Right? There's always somebody around there who is willing to help you. Maybe it's your friends, maybe it's your family, and if your friends and family aren't willing to help you bear your cross, you have a church community, right? you have a church family, there's always people around willing to help you. So that's message number one, I think, is that Christ really wants us to know, is that whatever problem you're going through, don't be afraid to go out and ask for help. Seek guidance, seek assistance. That's what community is about. That's what being Catholic is about. It's about helping out our brothers and sisters and seeking help when you need it. So that's number one. And then number two is to remember when you're interacting and dealing with somebody else, remember every person is going through some sort of struggle. Every person is bearing their own sort of cross and they need our help. They need our understanding. Of course, there's going to be people 
that we meet and we interact with, that we find it very difficult to get along with, right? There's going to be some people that we don't necessarily like. There's a lot of people in my life I've met who I don't really necessarily like. But when I interact with them, I try to remind myself as often as I can, you know what? They're going through something. I don't know what it is, but everybody is going through something. And if I can look at that person not as just a response to my own insecurities, but instead as somebody who's in need of love, as somebody who's in need of help, then I'm going to be the one to be there to help them. Remember, even Jesus didn't carry his cross by himself, right? He had help, right? Somebody, Simon, came out of the crowd, was called out of the crowd to help him carry his cross as well. So none of us are called to bear our sufferings by ourselves. But if we work together, if we pray together, and especially pray for the people in our world who are in most need of help, we'll be able to bring peace and bring the Holy Spirit to the world and to our parish community, okay? So let's really make that our mission for today. It's continue to pray for yourself, for whatever struggles you're going through. Pray for the people next to you who are also going through some sort of struggle, and also continue to pray for the whole world. The whole world as a unit is going through a lot of struggles right now, and we need to be that voice. We need to be the prayer and say, we're going to help bear the cross. That's our job as members of the church, okay? So let's keep praying for each other, for ourselves, and for the world, all right?